I just love being with people of God, don't you? <laughs> In the atmosphere of just loving the Lord and focusing our attention on Him. I'm going to share a couple of things because Pastor David asked me to. <laughs> He's back. He's supposed to be preaching right now. You can see it on your schedule. <laughs> but he asked me to do it. We are so funny. We'll we'll wake up on you know Saturday morning before church on Sunday. We have two services on Sunday. And he'll go. You want to preach tomorrow morning? I go. No, you need to preach tomorrow morning. Oh, I think you should preach tomorrow <laughs> every week. <laughs> it's funny. But anyway, we get it. We get our preach on, don't we? Praise the Lord. Um, but I'll, I'm, I'm just going to share a couple of things, and then he, he, might, he might jump in, and or whoever, <laughs> Brzees or anybody, everybody, amen? We all have something to give. Uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your spirit here, for the unction and the utterance, and we thank you, Lord, that each one's blessed. As we approach your word, we thank you for ears anointed to hear. We thank you for minds open and for hearts receptive. We thank you the engrafted word. It's able to save our souls. We thank you today that we're changed. That we're built up. That we are given an inheritance in Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to wrap up some things here that I've heard said. And um, the Brazis, haven't they blessed you? Oh, so good. And it's not over yet. So, um, but some of the things that have come forth and even from, from uh, Pastor David, uh, I just uh, have spoken to me so loudly. And one of the things is about finishing our course. And uh, I think that uh, maybe uh, running a marathon, you know, we can kind of... Uh, um, make an analogy there with our with our course with god it's it's not a sprint you know it's it's more of a marathon with with our life and there's so many times where you think i just don't know if i can take another step i don't know if i can run this part of the race i'm just about (laughs) done and then you go i don't know if you've run through some marathons or we have a triathlon here in panama city but you know there's water stations they set up these water stations and they, they kind of cheer you on when you get to the water station. You can drink and they go, you can do it. You know, you can make it and keep going. Don't give up. You're so close. You know, that kind of thing. And so I hope that that this meeting has been that for you, kind of a watering station and a time of encouragement and saying, you can do it. Don't quit. Amen. I love one of Lester Summerall's famous teaching. I can see the cassette tape right in front of my eyes right now. It said, I did not quit. <laughs> you have it? <laughs> I love that one because, you know, there's so much temptation and the devil wants you to. But um, as we just persevere through things and in things and around things and God makes a way, sometimes that mountain is completely removed. We can just walk on with the Lord. And uh, we had uh, lunch not too long ago with a, a man that has, has ministered mightily through the years all over the globe, really. And he told David and I, I don't the whole lunch was kind of different and everything. But one thing he said to us that just it, it went down and in, deep into our hearts is you're up to bat. You're up to bat. Amen. And sometimes we as. You know, people, I don't know about you, I should speak for myself. I like just staying a little girl and everybody taking care of me. And, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's so nice to be protected and to be, you know, and, and all those kind of things. So I have to kind of get out of that and grow up. Amen. And we're exhorted to. I, I remember a bumper sticker one time I saw, I refuse to grow up. <laughs> And I thought so many, so many Christians at times, and I know I've been there. I refuse to grow up. <laughs> it's painful at times to grow up. You know, my little grandson, he's tall. He's eight and he has these growing pains. Uh, he's, he's just really, well, you know, tallness kind of runs in his family. So, um, the, the growth sometimes can cause a little bit of pain and, and really taking on responsibility sometimes is not a lot of fun. It's a lot easier to say, let somebody else do it. <laughs> but I believe you're up to bat. It's, it's our time to bat. And the, the, it can be a little bit of pressure, but I tell you, when you hit that home run, it sure is fun. Amen. When your ball goes over the fence and uh, the, the saints of God, even from heaven, are cheering, it's a lot of fun. I remember uh, years ago, 
uh, here in Panama City. I was uh, pregnant with our with Virginia Lee, my first daughter, and my father was driving home from church, and he was hit and killed by a drunk driver right back over here on Back Beach Road in 1985. And it so startled us. First of all, he'd never had a wreck in his whole life. Isn't that wild? Not even a fender bender. He was 50. And uh, then all of a sudden we hear this report that he's gone and um, on his way home from church. So you can imagine the shock. But the Spirit of God during that time told me one thing here. He said, it's time for you to stop being parented and to start parenting. Stop being parented and to start parenting. And it was such a picture there because my dad had gone and I was, you know, going to have a child. And so then along with that, I heard a couple of years later, it's it's time for you to stop going to meetings and start having meetings. Now, it's so much easier to go to a meeting. (laughs) And it's so much more fun because you don't have to think about the next day when you're supposed to preach. You don't have to think about what we used to think about the overhead projector and all the words being right. You know, how many of you remember overhead projectors? And the words were spelled wrong or the thing was upside down or sideways. And, you know, and when you're uh, not in charge of a meeting, you don't have to think about the budget you don't have to think about the book tables, <laughs> you know, you don't, you know, just, you can just have some fun really and soak up. So I was just really enjoying all the meetings. And then the spirit of God said, now I don't mean I don't ever go to meetings anymore. We do, we, we do. But the focus of our ministry now is not going to meetings, but having meetings. Amen. And that's when you start really transitioning into growing up. And why am I saying all this? Because I want to encourage you in what God's called you to do. It's it's time to do what God's called you to do. Uh, This week they've been talking about the power of the written word. Some of you need to start your book. Silence. (laughs) Crickets. (laughs) It's time to start the book that God's told you to write. Amen. And you should just wake up tomorrow morning and write the title down. And then start writing the table of contents. Amen. The next day, get up and then just do a little on chapter one. Just do it. It's not ever going to get done unless you just do it. And now's the time. It's time. High time. Amen. Um, Let's turn to Hebrews chapter five. I'm not trying to scold you. I'm trying to encourage you. (laughs) And I know that with my book, it it took me years to write that book. Uh, because I kept thinking, I don't have anything to say. People don't need to hear this. And, you know, all these lies from the enemy. When you know the Spirit of God's put something in your heart. And it, does, it, it doesn't have to be real complicated. You can write very simply and get a truth across that can change someone's life. Amen. And then now, you know, we've, we, the book's gone into, uh, Hungary, Hungary, and it's in Hungarian. Uh, you know, we're working on getting into Germany in German. Uh, we have a friend that does a lot of work in Japan and he wants to put it in Japanese. And, you know, you would never think, in, in Brazil, yeah, Brother Swatis wants to put it into Portuguese. So, you know, you never know what God has down the road. Just obey Him. And it might not even be a book. It, it could be something else that He's working in you. But you need to get started on it. It's time. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Hebrews 5 and then verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Uh, and, and so it's, he's, he's encouraging us here to be teachers when it's time for us to teach uh, we need not to just continually want to be taught, want to be fed like little babies. You know, we got to get the pacifier out and uh, start eating meat and food. Amen. And then start producing others, you know, to uh, uh, multiply and um, the body so that the body of Christ increases. Now, let's look at Philippians chapter three. 
Philippians, the third chapter, and look at verse 12. Now, as though I had not all already attained, uh, Philippians 3, 12, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So he apprehended you in, in, you might be in full-time ministry, you might not, but even in the body of Christ, he apprehended you for a reason. And so that we are to pursue why he apprehended us and to apprehend Christ Jesus in that. Um, and then it says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting, and that's why it was so beautiful what Cindy was sharing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Try not to let all those things dictate who you are. Amen? Because I'm telling you, your past will overtake you if you stay uh, thinking and meditating on those things which are behind. Every day is a new day in Christ Jesus. And I know from experience, I mean, the devil will try to discredit you with things that he does to you in your life. I've been through two divorces, not one. One's bad enough, but two. And the Spirit of God, thank God he helps you because that's all I could see was two divorces, not one, Scarlet. You fell twice, twice, twice in just horribleness, you know. And even though I didn't share that and I, you know, I went on with ministry and certainly kept pastoring and kept going and all that, but it was still plaguing me. Have you ever had something just plague you? Why couldn't I have a clean record? Why couldn't I be married 63 years like David's parents, you know, <laughs> why couldn't I, I, I would love to have celebrated a 25th wedding anniversary like my parents did. So it was just plague, plague, plague. And, uh, the spirit of God said to me one day, and I love God. You know, he's so lighthearted, isn't he? He's lighthearted. He laughs. Do you know God laughs? He sings. Uh, and so, you know, he's not always like, you ought to do this and all that, you know. And so one day he told me, he said, Scar, this is the way I want you to think about this divorce thing with your two divorces. I want you to think of it like thing one and thing two. <laughs> thing one, like Dr. Seuss. Thing one and thing two. I mean, y'all, I just fell over laughing. And I thought, I, I'm glad you can laugh about, you know. And I shared this, uh, Angel Curtis had us on a podcast one time and, and I shared that and I got a nasty email. I don't know how you could laugh at divorce. And I thought, I laugh at everything now. I've learned to laugh. And if you don't learn to laugh, you, you're going to be in deep trouble. I laugh at sickness. I laugh at disease. I laugh at COVID. I laugh at, at financial struggle. Amen. You gotta learn to laugh. So thing one and thing two. And that has multiple meanings to me. But the most, uh, meaningful part of that is that it's just things you go through. It's just things in this life. In this world, you're just gonna go through some things. And don't look at that as the end or what there, or does that, uh, describe you or, you know, take it into, uh, you know, a, a personal, uh, uh, description of who you are. That's not who you are. Just because you go through some things. Amen? Hope that helps somebody. It sure helped me. And um, praise the Lord for it. So we have to apprehend that which we were apprehended for. And then uh, Acts chapter 20. And we're going to... You know, it doesn't matter. I want to say this too because it came up in prayer when I was up earlier this morning praying. And that uh, God wants to use you if you're old. Amen. He wants to use old people. He loves old people. He, he found Abraham. He said, oh, good. We're going to do some things with this old man. And then we're going to find your old wife and do some stuff with her, too. <laughs> Amen. I love that. So don't think your course is finished if you've reached retirement age. Because you're not finished just because the world says retire. Old people are used mightily of God. Don't you love that? You you keep on going until you go up to to glory. 
Um, you know, the Anna, the Bible says, was of great age. Uh, and I, I like great age. The other one I wasn't so crazy about was Elizabeth was stricken in age. <laughs> she was stricken, but she still had a baby. Amen. I know, God help us. (laughs) We could have a prayer line for babies going to (laughs) redirect. (laughs) That friend that we had uh, lunch with, he, he, when he was 60, his wife had twins. And I said, David, that's our age. David rebuked it and he rebuked it. He binded. Anyway, so spiritual children is what we're going to have. Amen. So Acts 20 and verse 24. Yeah, he likes old people. Praise the Lord. Acts 20 and verse... And, and you know, uh, Reverend uh, Mark said some things about, uh, you know, not... Uh, what do they call long tusk? Long tusk? And if you weren't here when he preached on that, you need to get the, the USB and listen to that because, again, you know, it, it brings such wisdom and experience and anointing uh, when you have the long tusk. And I'll just leave it at that. Praise the Lord. Uh, Acts 20, and look at verse 24. And the Bible says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. With joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So he's not just saying finish, but it's with a, with a joyfulness, with a laughter, with a, a anticipation, with expectation. Amen. And that's the way we can. And then, of course, John 19, we know our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, said it is finished. And my husband ministers so beautifully on that to tell us, I, it's more finished than it would ever be finished, right? I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn this over to you now. So come on. Because we were going to tag team anyway. It's a good. Okay. (laughs) Well, that, well, that's a surprise to just be handed the meeting in the middle of the meeting. This is called the, um, be instant in season and out. All right. Praise God. Well, the word to telestai is Greek, and uh, it, you know, we say this is what Jesus uttered on the cross when he said it is finished. Well, he didn't literally say to telestai because he was not speaking Greek. He was speaking Ara, uh, Aramaic, and uh, but it's the same meaning. And um, we found out that uh, you know the town that the the next the next town over from where our church sits is Tarpon Springs, Florida. And it's uh, Greek. And in fact, it's so Greek that uh, most of the signage is in, is in Greek, you know, on some of the restaurants and things. And um, it's the greatest concentration of Greek people in the United States. Um, you know, the, that, what, that one town. And, of course, the Greek Orthodox Church is, is the heart of their social life and everything. And, but they're wonderful people and they have great food. And uh, so if we have a conference in uh, Tampa, which we will at some point, we have had several already, you can come down there and uh, eat Greek food. It's wonderful. But I found out from, the, from we had a woman in our church who, uh, she lived to be like almost 100 years old, um, and she would help me with my Greek words because she was Greek, and uh, and uh, I never pronounced it right, and and uh, and and I would say the Greek word for you know salvation is sozo, and she would correct that it's not really that it's solteria and it's something else. So I, I thought, why am I standing in a Greek town trying to use Greek references? And I'm going to say it wrong and explain it wrong every time. So I just quit. I just decided to go to the Hebrew. Nobody cares about that. And all you have to do is clear your throat when you talk, and you've got Hebrew down. <laughs> you know, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> um, 
But the, in, you find out some meanings, and, and this word to telestai um, is a Greek word, and it means not only does it mean it is finished, it means that it is it can never be more finished than it is right now. There's nothing that can be added to it to make it better. There's nothing that can be added to it, and and it's it's finished now. It will always be finished, and it will never not be finished. That's what it means. And so um, I was reading, I think it was Charles Spurgeon had a whole section uh, that he had written in, uh, you know, one of his commentaries uh, about the word to Telestai. And he said it's the greatest declaration on the greatest day, the greatest event in, 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 hum, in uh, human existence. Because um, it, it meant that everything that could be done for your redemption, everything that could be done for your righteousness was done when Jesus, you know, gave up the ghost and left uh, 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 at the cross. Amen? And so the cross changed everything. The, it, it entered us into the, the new covenant. Amen? Now, for those people, and, you know, I'm just bold as, hey, this is my meeting. I can say what I want, right? For those people who, you know, and if you do this, please don't come explain it to me after the meeting. I don't care. <laughs> just to be honest, because I'm not going to do it. But, uh, you know, these churches that get into where we got to now meet on Saturday because that's in the, you know, that's in the, the law. And I'm going to wear a yarmulke to preach and I'm going to wear a, you know, a, a prayer shawl and, you know, count the tassels during the service and whatever. You know, if you think that helps you, why don't you try a sombrero and a poncho the next meeting and see if that helps you. I'm telling you, God is, doesn't answer your prayer better because you're wearing some kind of a cultural get-up. And uh, I, I, oh no, that had great meaning back then. Yeah, a lot of it had symbolic meaning, looking to the cross, looking to the new covenant. All of everything that's in a temple worship and all that is a reflection, a type and shadow of what when Jesus came. But when he came, that was the end of it. Now, I could probably lose a partner or two over this because it's on the internet, but I'm going to tell you, I'm, I've decided to get a little bold on it. And, you know, and there's this big move on, they're, they're raising money now to help the Jews build, rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and the temple thing um, in the name of Zionism. And I'm telling you, uh, Chris, I'm sorry, Christians, if you want to be a part of that for cultural reasons, then fine. But don't think you're helping God with that because once and for all, Jesus changed the deal. And I don't know who the book of Hebrews was written to, but it might be Hebrew people. I, I just have just this sense that it might possibly be, you know, Hebrew people, the book of Hebrews. Praise the Lord. And he said, I will not deal with the house of Israel. I wonder who that is. And the house of Judah, like I did in times past, but a new covenant I make. Now that new covenant, you did this to me with that tele, to tell us that new, praise the Lord, but that new covenant is for everybody. It's not just for the Gentiles. And I don't know what conference you may have been to where they explain something different to you, but it's heresy. And it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not just one gospel to the Gentiles and another gospel to the Jews. Jesus prayed in the garden, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. And God didn't say, well, actually, if everybody would just follow Moses' law really, really good, then you wouldn't have to go to the cross. And he didn't say that. Interesting thing, on the day of Pentecost, the first, um, I don't know why I'm off on this. The first, uh, well, because, you know, if you're going to preach the gospel, you're going to have to get it right. And you can't start exempting groups of people. You end up, it's a slippery slope to universalism. 
where you just, well, let's exempt everybody. God's so loving and caring, he wouldn't send anybody to hell. There. Wow. Praise the Lord. We're all, we're out, we're now all Unitarians. But I, I'm, I'm, and we love the Unitarians. God, they need Jesus like anybody else, and probably some of them by accident have him. But I'm just saying that, uh, because you could be, you know, you could believe in, you could believe in, in gospel Christianity and be a part of that, I guess, in some way. God, you know, God's merciful. But I'm just telling you that, 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 that idea that anything goes doctrinally is, is crazy. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, the word says clearly, scripture after scripture. This is not just one little shred of verse and, oh, well, you know, okay. It says scripture after scripture. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. Nobody. Jesus said, he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but I don't think that's a good place to be damned. I had this guy that used to walk around, and he said all the time, I'll be damned. Well, I'll be damned. You ever heard anybody say that? And I thought, well, you're going to be. I finally said to him, you're going to be if you don't quit saying that. Would you please stop cursing yourself? Besides, I'm sick of hearing it. But, you know, it was like, you know, you know, like a like a business guy, you know, wasn't saved. And he just was going around cussing like that all the time. Well, I'll be damned. I'll tell you, I just want You know, you say something good. Well, I'll be damned. And I said, stop saying that. Don't, you're not going to be damned unless you, you know, it's not God damning you. But it's rejection of grace, rejection of Jesus. And so there's no, there's no exemptions to that. And so when Jesus said it is finished, this idea of going back and rebuilding the temple and isn't, isn't that exciting? And oh my, you know, and it's like, would you please stop trying to undo what Jesus did? He paid the price for everybody. The gospel is, and you say, well, that's anti-Semitic, you're anti-Semitic. No, it's not. I think it's anti-Semitic and cruel and unusual uh, meanness to tell a group of people that they're fine without Christ. That is it's heresy and it's wrong. I usually hold back on this. I just kind of stab at it. But I, I don't know. It's just like when, when, I, when I heard that it is finished, we need to be clean. We need to be not ashamed of the gospel. For it's available to everybody. Everybody. Uh, Paul said, now that Christ has come and, and has done what he's done, there's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. It's available to everybody. What good news. There's good news to Israel. There's good news to Jews. There's good news to Muslims and Arabs and Syrians and Jordanians and, and, uh, Antifas and everybody. Good news to everybody. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Savior. And there's only one. Praise God. I didn't mean to get off on all that. Mr. Dr. Evangelist. Amen. Okay. Hey, we got like, we got like 10 minutes. Okay, Gaul, come up here and help me. Of all the Gaul. I don't care. But can you keep it to 10 minutes? Uh, he laughs. I thought it was funny how you were surprised that she called you out. Because, I mean, you always did that to us all the time. So, <laughs> all I could think is that I'm watching a harvest come in. That's all I know. <laughs> right. I remember. These guys, they'd be in the middle of a, of a half of a wheelchair miracle, you know, where like one leg's hanging out, but everything. You know, and they say, well, what do we do now? I said, you started it. <laughs> Praise God. Jocelyn, wave at me in 10 minutes, please. Okay, so... <laughs> Or come and pull me out. I need a big cane. Somebody to, you know, from us. Uh, no, but I thought it was so funny. I remember once I was in Cleveland. We were in the service. And uh, you'd preached a little while. Then you just were still looking at your notes. I mean, didn't even look up at me and said, Brother Gall's going to get up in a minute and preach and work miracles. So let's just, oh, man, praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> and we were at a conference once in Augusta, Georgia, sitting around the, sitting around the lunch table and, and, uh, David was telling some great stories, like, you know, thank God for, I remember once we were up in, uh, 
Mac, at Mac Hammond's church. And, and we were walking down the hall after the service. And he said, now, pay attention. He said, because this is where you learn the good stuff. This is where you get the good stuff. You know, sitting around with brothers and sisters, swapping war stories, amen, <clears throat> and uh, faith stories. It's good, you know. Uh, hallelujah. Where was Oh, so we're in Augusta having lunch at a conference. Armin Morales was there singing, remember that that one, and we're all eating, and uh, David's in the middle of a story, says, oh, by the way, Brother Gall, you're preaching tonight, you know, so when I watch that happen right there, and you're like, oh, man, I'm like, that's just a harvest coming in, that's all I could think, you know, so, (laughs) amen, (laughs) amen, (laughs) I'm honored to do it. Praise God. But I understand that Brother Hagen used to do that to you quite a bit, too. Is that right? To calling you up different times and stuff. Yeah. So, all right. There's probably. Okay. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Speaking of being put on the spot. Right? So, well, I did have a couple things on my heart real quick. That's like five of my ten minutes, man. I'm, I'm too conversational for this. All right. I'm a bad opener and closer, I'll tell you. So just give me the middle part. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, praise God. There's been kind of a harvest, harvest evangelism flow to this, to this meeting. Amen. Like just what you just preached, you know, stir and praise God. Harvest. How many know there's a, a white harvest here in the United States? Amen. And there is a drawing power that's available to us. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And uh, as I understand, as I've heard, that there was a, a song that Raymond Singers and Band used to sing about faith gives action to the power. Use your faith and receive God's power and be healed this very hour. Now, Kenneth Hagin used to say that faith works the same in every arena. You activate all kinds of power by faith. Amen. And uh, thank God we can activate drawing power, like what we would call revival or awakening power, you know, John Wesley, Charles Finney, uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards kind of power can be activated by faith. Amen. And I know that this is not just, I've tested it out, like Brother Hagen would say. I was preaching in Augusta, and we did a service, told people to invite their lost loved ones. And uh, there was a woman who somebody invited, evangelistic service, miracles, and then bring the lost. You know, not just a healing service, but bring the lost so they could see that God is real, and that helps, amen. And uh, a young woman was invited in her 20s, and the halfway through my message, she asks an usher, she's on church, she asks an usher, she says, can I leave and come back? He says, yeah, you can leave, we're not, we didn't lock the doors. She goes and gets another lost friend. They both come down, in the, in the, uh, they both come down, they make it by the end of the service, they both come down and call on Jesus' name. By the end of the meeting, we went a long time. By the end of the meeting, they're both in the praise and worship band. Amen. Uh, you know, amen. We went, we extended that summer, you know, old school. This is like 2012 too. This isn't like from the, I mean, I was born in 75. So, you know, we're by, by the, so we went, you know, we went on. Word of Faith Church. We went on, started with a week, went a month, praise God. And, and amen. People getting saved. First meeting, a girl comes down. One of the, I hadn't seen it before. I'm preaching. They invited her. I'm preaching. Halfway through my invite, I forgot to give an invitation at the end. Great evangelist, you know. I thought it was all believers there because it was the first meeting Sunday morning. Pastor's giving me baseball signals like, you know, give an invitation. So I got it, thank God. I gave this invitation. I get halfway through. This woman runs down. Everybody say runs down. Runs. And she comes down and she calls on the name of Jesus. She gets born again. She says, what totally unchurched? She said, what did you do to me? I said, I didn't do anything to you. Jesus saved you. You know, she says, I feel so light. I feel so different. Well, we've all heard that before, but it's beautiful when you hear somebody say it that doesn't know to say it. Amen. They haven't heard it somewhere before. They haven't been conditioned to say it. And she says, I feel so light. Well, she got born again that morning. Uh, you know, we found out some things about her. She was a drug dealer and things like that. She had a live-in boyfriend. He came a couple nights later. He gets born again. Her kids get born again in children's church. Pretty soon they got a whole, pretty soon they got a whole row filled up. By the end of the week, she's going out with teams onto the street, getting other people born again. She goes from drug dealer to street evangelist within just a few days. Amen. Is the arm of the Lord short that he cannot save? Praise God. Is he still a saving God? Amen. 
Hallelujah. Thank God. So I'm uh, halfway through. I'm halfway through. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, thank God. I heard how many have read about we got some seasoned, you know, praise God, people with a wonderful experience in here. How many have read after Finney? We, a lot of us have, right? Read after these evangelists of old. How many have heard stories about people shaking, you know, when they'd be convicted by the power of God? And I'd heard it, but I'd never seen it before, you know. So we had this service coming up at a little four-square church. This is years ago, 2000, I don't know. I started traveling in 2003, probably 2004, 2005, little four-square church. And uh, I started to practice with this, and I told everybody, write down the names of seven people in this church. You know, Brother Hagen did that at one of his churches. And I said, write down some names, start praying for these people. We'll pray for them every day. We put them on a legal sheet. Legal pad, you know, and then we, one sheet, we passed it around. We made copies. Everybody took down the list. It was a small church, you know, of everybody's names. Put them on our refrigerator. We prayed for these people every day. Took authority over the devil. Devil, take your hands off them. And so it was two weeks from the right down to the, when we had the evangelistic service. And then in between, I'm preaching at another church in, in Ohio, down in Southern Ohio. Just a healing service. Preached on the woman with the issue of blood. Then we got a healing line. I'm ministering to people in the healing line. And as I am, I see an usher standing about halfway back, and he waves and gets my attention. He says, come here. I come away from the healing line. As I start to move back, I see a man sitting in the seat shaking, shaking like somebody's got him by the shoulders like this. I mean, like just shaking violently. Looks, It looks like somebody's got him and is shaking him. And I knew right away, I said, I know what that is. I, I know exactly what that is. And I'm, I'm excited, you know, because every day we're praying for the lost. I didn't give an invitation in this service. I didn't preach a gospel message like Brother Dave. That was awesome. I was getting stirred up, you know. So, but I saw this guy as I started to head to the back. I said, I know what this is. And I said, what's going on? He says, uh, he says, I got to get right with God. He said, I said, well, he's drawing you. He says, I could feel it. Amen. He could feel it. Now, all the time, there's a woman sitting next to him and she's scooting down the pew, you know. She's going like this. Like she didn't want to catch what he had, you know. <laughs> he said, right, right, six foot distance, you know. I saw one church said, said seven Dakes Bibles. That's how far you're supposed to be from the person next to you. <laughs> seven Dakes Bibles, you know. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a Pentecostal one, man. So, <laughs> he's shaking, man. And I said, uh, he said, I said, he said, I need to get right with God. I said, he's drawing you. He says, I could feel it. I said, he's drawing you because he loves you. And I led him in what we call the sinner's prayer. He called on the name of Jesus. The shaking stopped. It changed to tears. He had his hands in the air. Next time I came back to that church, he was teaching Sunday school. Amen. Hallelujah. Do we have a saving God today? Hallelujah. Amen. Does the God of Finney and the God of Wesley and the God of Jonathan Edwards, is he still alive and is he still mighty to save? Amen. I was preaching, you know, this all comes from Luke chapter 5 where Jesus cast out the nets and, and you know, it, uh, it told Peter to cast out the nets. Excuse me, Peter casts out the nets. And isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't give Peter a new net or a new boat? Man, this is something we need to get. The, the victory for, for, if we're talking about evangelism, it's not in the nets. It's not in the boats. There was, Peter failed with the same nets that he succeeded with. We're having conferences and books and everything's about this is the net you need. This is the boat you need. It's not in the nets. It's not in the boats. It's in the drawing power of God. Amen. The failing nets was the nets that caused the net, you know, that caused the boats to sink and the, and the nets to break. The ones that didn't produce any results. Where was I going? Amen. So I was preaching on Luke chapter five and my dad was in the service. My dad's gone home to be with the Lord, but I was preaching on Luke chapter five, that drawing power. He comes up to me and he, after the service, he says, that's exactly what it was like when I got saved. My dad was invited to a, a Southern Baptist church. He was in the Marines, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, a fellow Marine invited him and he's sitting in the, um, he's sitting in the, in the church service. The pastor gives an invitation at the end. He had no interest in going down. My dad was just there, you know, just to be at the church. Hey, seems like a good thing, you know, and, uh, the pastor's exhorting people to come forward and get born again. And my dad said, I felt a physical force pulling me up out of the seat and he fought it. He said, I grabbed onto the edge of the seat. I'm not talking about like pulling on your heartstrings. He said, I felt a physical force pulling me. 
And he fought it and it subsided. He did not go forward, but God got his attention. Amen. So he goes back. He's back at the barracks at Camp Lejeune. Thank you, Jocelyn. I'm getting the 10 minute wave. All right. I'm wrapping it up. Circling around here for the, yeah, so, so, amen, amen. So, I'll make, yeah, so, he, uh, he, 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 uh, he's laying in the barracks. He, he's, he's back at the barracks, Camp Lejeune, after lights out. He's staring up in the dark. He can't forget what happened to him. He goes and wakes up his buddy. He says, uh, listen, he tells him the story I just told you about God was drawing him. He says, I don't know what happened. He says, but I'm going back with you next Sunday. And he goes, and he, I'm going to go back with you. And when your pastor gives the invitation, I'm going to go down. Well, being a good Baptist, he said, you don't have to wait until next Sunday. And he led him to the Lord. They hit their knees on the floor of that barracks. Hey, Amen. is he still that kind of God today? We need, we, instead of looking at Antifa and the left and the right and, and straights and, and gays and whatever, we need to say, that's somebody that God can save. That's somebody that God can make one of his best. Amen. Before there was a Paul, there was a Saul, but there is a saving God that's able to turn a Saul into a Paul. Hey, hallelujah. And how is that power activated? We're, how many faith people we got in here? We got any faith people? Play, praise God. We should be the best at this. Amen. Activating that drawing power. You know, somebody mentioned Father Nash or Brother Marco. I think it was you mentioned Father Nash. Write down somebody's name. Put him on his hit list, man. Yeah, hey, all right. Make, make, put him on his to-do list. And they'd become turned from enemies of the revival to, to advocates of the plan of God, to fighting on that team. <clears throat> so that, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to borrow a couple more. Is that all right? So, <laughs> all right, this is it. Last story, because I want to just finish the one, the two weeks. You know, we go, that guy's shaking. Then we go back to that little four-square church. That four-square church was running 24. We had 40-some people, you know, that Sunday morning. They, that's pretty good. You know, they over-doubled. And eight adult men came down and got born again. Hallelujah. One of them, you know, one of them was a man by the name of Les. And Les got born again and he was excited. He was in his 50s. His sister invited him to the service. And he called on Jesus' name and he got born again. Uh, the next Sunday, they had a baptismal service. Les didn't even know about it. And, uh, he, cause he, you know, got born again after the sign up day, I guess. And, and he got, he got baptized in his clothes. He, he said, I, he was so excited about the Lord. He had a convertible put down the top and dried off his clothes on the way home with the wind blowing, you know. So Sunday one, Les gets born again. Sunday two, he gets baptized. Uh, within the second week of his new birth, he choked on some food at home. He lived, he lived alone and went home to be with the Lord, you know. Thank God, you know, 50-some decades he'd walked this earth in just a few days before he stepped into eternity, man. I mean, you couldn't make up a story like that, you know. It happens, doesn't it? You know, is there anybody that's glad to be saved this morning? How many are glad that he saved you? Amen. This is almost a lost thing, this 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 idea, but I, I could go on for a long time. I'm wrapping up. But uh, uh, would you, uh, go, what's next? Who's Who's next? Praise God. All right, let's, if you're able to stand to your feet, go ahead and stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, we got to get this thing out of our head of, of God at different times did this and at different times did that. And, and if you just keep, love keeps your doctrine straight on that. And I want you to know that God loves the sick as much in 2020, 2021 as he did in 1947. Amen. And, and, and love will keep your doctrine straight on revivals. Amen. And God loves the lost today as much as he did during the Great Awakening. And God loves the lost today as much as he did in Finney's time. And, 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 and compassion 
was what motivated the Savior to work miracles, not some kind of messianic timeline or, you know, uh, just like God doesn't, you know, one thing, he doesn't sleep or slumber, he doesn't wake up one morning and decide, I'm in the mood to save the lost or I'm in the mood to work miracles or I'm in the mood to work the big ones today. No, God is looking at the people that are in the worst situations today. He's looking at the people that are in the most darkness and he loves them and he wants to move on their behalf and that is the source of miracles. Amen. So I don't care if you need a voice of healing kind of miracle today, you know. We've seen it all. Amen. You know, amen. You need something to be created. That's all right. He's the creator. You need something to disappear that shouldn't be there. That's all right. He moves mountains. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, I need a creative miracle. You don't understand. I don't even know. About all that categorizing and things like that, I think almost all miracles are created. Something on a cellular level has to be manipulated, has to be manipulated and altered and changed. What difference is it to God? Amen. It's a difference to us. That's where this strange stuff comes from. We make it different in our carnally conditioned minds. It's not different to God. And whatever you need today, it's easy for Him to do. It's easy for Him to do. And I think if it's all right, I'll just pray for people in mass in their seats today, right where you're at. And then people watching and streaming. And like Brother Horton taught me, we'll just say this. We'll have miracles today because Jesus is alive. And we don't say that to try to drum anything up. We don't try to say that to try to stir anything up. We say it because Genesis 2.19 says, Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And there is power in our words. So we just say it. Jesus is here. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It'd be illogical for me to expect anything but miracles. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All right, we're about to pray just real quick. There's one thing. So, so, you know, they're at the tomb of Lazarus, and I don't know what you're facing today, but as I scan the room, it looks like everybody here is at least four days ahead of him. Amen. All right, did you get that? <laughs> no matter how bad it is, you've got a four-day lead on Lazarus. Everybody came here under your own steam. It wasn't too late for him. It's not too late for you either. Amen. Glory to God. Are you hearing me? No, I mean, it's funny, but it'll help you, right? It'll help you. You know, <laughs> you could find yourself in a jam and say, man, Jesus helped Lazarus. He, he could help me. It's not too late for me. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Power of God is here, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's easy. It's easy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So whatever it is you're facing, it's not too hard for God. You know, now, now Mary and Martha were there and, and Jesus said, roll away the stone. And she said, no, no, you don't understand. He stinks. It's too late. And that was doubt and unbelief, you know. And, and this is the last thing I'm going to say and then we're going to pray for people. That was doubt and unbelief. That was the language of doubt. She was speaking doubt. She was speaking the circumstances. She was speaking the situation. Maybe that's been you. Maybe you've done that at times. That's okay. Just change. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And she went from speaking doubt to acting like a Pentecostal, dead-raising, miracle person. And she rolled away the stone. She changed in the moment. And Jesus didn't say, but you know... Your negative confession screwed everything up. You were talking that doubt. You were talking the maybe another day. I'll come back on day five after we listen to a bunch of good tapes and we'll see if we could get it happen, you know. No, Jesus said, Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? And she got it and she changed and she just stopped talking doubt and she started acting like a miracle person. Amen. She started acting like he really does raise the dead. She started acting like there really is nothing impossible for him. And I don't care what you've acted like or how you've talked up until today. You could start acting like a miracle person right now and get whatever it is you need from the Lord. Amen. See, this This, this is beautiful. The Hammond, it'll, it'll keep me going all day. No, all right, praise God. So, amen. Yeah, right, right. 
It's true, isn't it? It wasn't too late for Lazarus. It's not too late for you either. Thank you, Jesus. Not too late for you either. So if you've talked out, just stop. Say something different. You know, I kind of I grew up in a word of faith environment, and it seemed like sometimes I got the impression that people thought that doubt was a whole lot more powerful than faith. Because you could say one word in doubt, and it would screw everything up, and you'd have to say a thousand words in faith to turn that around. Oh, don't say that you're going to die. But yet they'd have more faith in that than somebody saying, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. But it was, are you with me? I want, I want to tell you today, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. You could destroy years of doubt with one confession of faith. Hallelujah. All of her talking circumstances, all of her talking death, all of her talking, it's too late, he stinks, couldn't override the fact that Jesus was about to raise him up. He worked some of his greatest miracles in the most difficult circumstances where they mocked him and made fun of him, laughed at him. That's a pretty low level of faith. And he said, that's all right. She's getting out of the box anyways. Amen. <laughs> Laugh it up. We'll see who's laughing after she's up. Amen. Hallelujah. No, you see, no, faith is much greater than doubt. Light is greater than darkness. Faith is greater than doubt. One faith confession is greater than a thousand doubt confessions. Of course it's like that. Of course it's like that. In the Old Testament, they said, don't touch the unclean thing. In the New Testament, Jesus said, go out and lay your hands on the sick. Lay your hands on the lepers. There's something greater now. Amen. In the Old Testament, one bad apple spoiled the, spoiled the whole bunch. You know what happens now? New Testament, you put one good apple in a bad barrel. Amen. And they all come out good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the power of God is here to heal. Amen. I don't care what it is you need. Just reach out and receive it. I don't care if you've never experienced a miracle before. Why not today? Just start acting like a miracle person. Just start acting like Smith Wigglesworth. Amen. Just start acting like John Lake. That, right at the, they were talking doubt. They were talking unbelief and they turned it around and they said, I'll just, instead I'll roll away the stone. I'll act like somebody who has the dead race. You might have been talking doubt about your, about your condition on the way into this service. Just change. Just change. Amen. And decide, you know what? Instead of that, I'll have a miracle. I'm going to pray from up here and, uh, we're just going to have you act your faith right in your seat. I just felt led to do it. Brother David taught us to do it this way too. Praise God. And I've seen some of the greatest things like this. I was in Augusta, Georgia and I had a, I didn't even know it was a word of knowledge. It just, it's sometimes it's amazing how God works. And there was this atheist in the seat. And he had come to the service to, they dragged him there, literally dragged him. He didn't want to come to church and friends told him, come on. And they dragged him there and he was watching us pray for the sick. And he said, it seems like these people are sincere. It seems like things are really happening, but it's not enough to change what I believe. He's having this private conversation in his mind. And he said, you know, if, if God's really speaking to this guy, he'd know I was here. He'd know what was wrong with me. And what he was thinking in particular is he was deaf in his left ear because uh, doctors had cut out a tumor when he was 15 years old and he was 21 at the time that, that he was in this service. If this guy was here, he, if this guy was hearing from God, he'd know what was wrong with me and he would, and he would, and he would know I was here. And, and at that moment, I just had this thought come to my mind. Didn't even know it was supernatural. Just had this thought, oh, I forgot to minister to ears because God had been dealing with me about ears that day. And I said, oh wait, I forgot to minister to ears. And this is where it gets really good. And then I said, there's somebody here and your right ear. You can't hear out of your right ear. You know, I kind of just kind of started to sense something was going on. And I said, it's your right ear. It was Vinny's left ear. But now he's a skeptic. He's not the word of faith person with, you know, Lord, this is my night. He's a skeptic. So I said, right. I said, right ear sometimes somehow between what I said. I mean, you listen to the tape, you listen to the recording. I'm saying right ear. And he's like, that's me left ear. That's me. He's talking to me, the skeptic. And he heard, you know, that I was reading his mail somehow. So. Aren't you glad that God's bigger than our mistakes? Amen. Amen. We're imperfect, but God's perfect. And so, you know, I said, I'm just going to command in Jesus name right in your seat. 
And we commanded in the name of Jesus. He said it was like a radio tuning in. And he heard some static. And boom, he could hear out of that ear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Augusta, Georgia. Not too far from here. Well, you know, sorry. <laughs> By evangelistic standards, yes. So... <laughs> God opened up his ear. Then we gave an altar call and he got born again. Called on Jesus' name. Then he found my wife after the service and she pull, he pulls her aside and tells her the story. I'm already back in the pastor's office. She comes and gets me. She says, you got to hear this. I come out and I said, Vinny, that's amazing. You know, his name's Vinny. We got a video of him on YouTube giving his own testimony. I said, Vinny, that's amazing. I said, can I pray for you? He says, no, no, no. He holds out his hand. He's like this, man. He's shaking. He said, this is a lot for me. I said, yeah, man. He woke up that morning an atheist, went to bed with his deaf ear opened up. I guess that'll shake up your worldview. Amen. Well, that sounds just like Jesus, doesn't it? Praise God. My point being with that story, I never touched him. You know, we just prayed for him right in his seat. Prayed for a woman in Marion, Ohio. We were doing a multi-church meeting and and uh, she, I just called, prayed for necks and we heard her, she screamed out, and she moved her neck to the side for the first time since the 90s. Sometime in the 90s, she'd had a stroke, and God, you know, God healed her, and she moved her neck. Full range of movement was restored for the first time since the 90s. And at that same time, she looked down, and she had missing tendons from some kind of uh, medication she was on. And she looked down, and God filled in those tendons. And we got her on YouTube, too, giving her testimony, and she just saw that gap fill in. And God created it, Amen. It's all the same to God. Amen. It's all the same to God. It's amazing how the bigger the miracle is, the more complicated our theology is. You know, like like the bigger the miracle, we somehow think God's more reluctant to do bigger things like big revival, big healing, creative things, you know, putting an arm on somebody or something like that. And we somehow but think about it. Just break it down. Is God reluctant to help? His promises to the person that's missing an arm are the same to the person that has tennis elbow. And his love for them is the same. So whatever my whole point in that is, whatever you have, it's easy for God today. It's easy for God today. It's easy for God today. People will ask us, Brother David used to have the same thing. Have you ever seen anybody healed of this? I'm sure... Brother Mark has seen the same thing. They'll say, have you ever seen anybody healed of my thing? You know, because it's, it's got, you know, have you seen anybody healed of this? It doesn't make any difference. Jesus went about doing good and healed them all. Praise God. Everyone. Amen. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. Amen. 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 It's good. It's good. Praise God. Amen. I'm so honored to. I tell you, I get nervous every time I preach in front of David. 45 years old and I, 17 years full-time traveling and he, you know, it's your spiritual father, just like, you know, but praise God. That was, I'm, I'm into crusade mode here. Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. And I'm talking lightly, but this is serious business and I take it seriously. And you can leave here with your life changed today. Jesus is the miracle. There's no point in you leaving the way that you came in because Jesus is here. Not because I'm here or any other believer is here, but thank God Jesus is here. And he is exactly who the gospel says he is. He is exactly who he's always been. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm leaving different. Say, I'm leaving better. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to command in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, whatever you ask or whatever you command in my name, that I will do. And Jesus is going to do it. He's going to do whatever it is you need. And you just expect it today. Expect it to be different. And after we command and after we pray, I want you to act your faith. I want you to do what you couldn't do before. Move that arm. Move that leg. Take a deep breath. Whatever it is, sit down. Stand up. Take a run. Do what you couldn't do before. And expect the power of God to change whatever it is that needs to be changed. Hallelujah. I'm thinking about backs right now. In the name of Jesus, we command backs to be healed. We command discs to be lined up. We command pain and the cause of it. Go in Jesus' name. Shoulders, you be free and you be loosed and you move properly in the name of Jesus right now. We command healing and wholeness, pain and stiffness. Go in Jesus' name. Neck difficulty, heart problems, hearts you beat right, hearts you beat freely. Amen. In the name of Jesus, arteries you be clear right now in Jesus' name. 
tumors and growths you leave now in the name of Jesus. Right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lungs, you be clear in the name of Jesus. Lungs, you be clear in the name of Jesus. You breathe deeply. You be clear and free right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Presence of God is here. Now act your faith. Do what you couldn't do right now in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. Move that back. Act like a miracle person. Roll away the stone. Hallelujah. Act like it. Move that shoulder. Move that neck in the name of Jesus. Move that back right now in Jesus' name. Sit down. Stand up. Be free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on now. Be bold. Do what you couldn't do. Hallelujah. Do what you couldn't do in the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. Take that deep breath in Jesus' name. That's what I was looking for. Thanks, brother. Now let's all praise God together. Let's all praise God together. Let's all praise God together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Praise God. Who already says something's different, something changed in my body? Raise your hand. Yes, ma'am, what happened? Shout it out. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. What? Yeah. Glory. Yeah. Let's shout with her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who else? Brother, what Yeah, what happened with you? I saw your hand up. What did God do for you? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I feel like I can, I can breathe. Yeah, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, come on up here, brother. Come on up here. Praise God. So what changed? The arm feels different. Shoulder feels different. Oh, yeah, my shoulder, my shoulder, I can move, and uh, my elbow doesn't hurt bad. My back, I have lots of, lots of pain. But last night, I just felt a real heaviness on my chest. Yeah, I yeah, never yeah. felt. And you thought it was indigestion. It's always just indigestion. I'll yeah, be yeah. all right. But this didn't go away, and it scared her really bad. She was oh, gonna yeah. call a uh, nine one one. I was like, no, I'll be okay. Just, but something weird was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something changed when we prayed that first time. Yeah, it's just the heaviness is gone, and I can, I can breathe, and <laughs> and then I'm not gonna take it back. Yes, know. lift your hands to heaven. That's what I wanted to pray with you about. To agree with you, no more, never again. In the name of Jesus. 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 Never again in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's rejoice with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, that's awesome. Who else? Somebody else. Be bold. Tell what the Lord's done for you. Raise your hand. Somebody else. Hallelujah. One more. Come on now. Somebody else. Yes. Amen. Let's rejoice with this brother. Amen. Let's rejoice with him. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else. Give a testimony. God's done something for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if there's something that you would need to get a blood test or you would need to get an MRI or you would need to get whatever you would need to get a scan. Thank God, man. I'm just rejoicing with this brother. Thank God. Amen. Thank God. All the heaviness gone, all the pain gone. Thank you, Jesus. Let's rejoice with him. Thank you, Lord. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Thank you, Lord. If you needed a scan or if you needed a test, and uh, you need to go get, or when I wake up in the morning, we hear those kind of things. Let's just thank God that whenever it is that it would be wrong, it'll be right. Amen. The test will be right. That when you claim it now in Jesus' name, claim it now, you know. Wigglesworth used to say, faith is an act. He'd stamp back and forth across the platform and say, faith is an act. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. Take a step out of the aisle and God will meet you. Start to move down towards the front and it'll be a greater blessing. Come all the way down to the front and you'll be changed. You'll be transformed. You'll be healed. Faith is an act. And I think there's so much of this today that we just need to act like miracle people. We just need to roll away the stone. Amen. I think, man, you don't understand. I'm not spiritual like that. Yeah, you don't understand how long I've been. I'm just not a, I'm not, 
you know, I just this faith thing, it just hasn't caught on with me or whatever. Yeah, I'm telling you, look at look at the story of Lazarus. There she was. There she was talking doubt. There she was talking curse. There she was talking he stinks. I mean, that's the that's the voice of doubt. We know it. We're word of faith people. Jesus didn't condemn it, he didn't correct it. He said, just turn it around. Didn't I tell you that if you believed you'd see the glory of God? Didn't I tell you that if you turned it around, if you just turned that doubt into faith, that everything would be all right and you could still have your miracle now? You could override the doubt. Everybody say, I could override the doubt. We talked about hitting the switch. and That was the last meeting, sorry. I preached in South Carolina on the way down, and I'm going to be in Georgia on the way up. So, But um, last meeting, I talked about hitting the switch, turning on the light switch. You know when you go back to your house... And if it's dark, you turn on the switch. There's no power struggle between light and darkness. That darkness just flees. It just clears out. Amen. That's what faith is like. There's no power struggle between doubt and faith. Not, not in the real world. You just click into faith just for a second. Like I say, you know, people sometimes, oh, there's doubt in the room. You know, sometimes in the old days, they say there's somebody who's with doubt. They have to leave. Jesus never said that. Stay. Watch. Watch what happens next. Amen. Elijah, put another bucket of water on the altar. Come on, I dare you. Amen. Faith is greater, amen. All right, praise God. Thank you, sir.